I'm Sarah Heiner, President of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to celebrity trainer Joel Harper. Joel has spent the last 20 years developing custom workouts for clients of all types, including Olympic medalists, young kids just learning to appreciate their health, actors preparing for a new role, and business executives who are desiring increased energy. Joel is the creator of all of the workout chapters and accompanying DVDs in the You book series with Drs. Oz and Roizen, in addition to his own workout DVDs. Joel is also author of Mind Your Body, detailing his unique multifaceted approach to long-term weight loss and how a powerful mindset is the key to an optimally balanced you. His blog, Your Personal Mind Body Coach, is one of Bottom Line's most popular blogs. You can learn more about Joel and his work at joelharperfitness.com, and you can subscribe to his blog at bottomlineinc.com. So, Joel, welcome. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Sarah. It's great to be here as well. All right, so let's talk about that that mindset, that mind-body connection, and the optimally balanced you, because it's so fascinating that people kind of separate their minds and their bodies, and their food goes in their stomach, you know, goes in their mouth and out the back. They don't realize the connection, the interconnectedness of our lives. So I want to talk about, you talk a lot in your book about the mind-body connection and the mindset required to be able to achieve the goals and how your mindset affects your body. So can you talk about that for a sec? I think it's crucial uh, for people to really work on their minds because if I don't get that in line, I cannot get them to achieve anything with their body. Uh, it's just a bunch of wasted time and effort. So what I originally get people to do when they first come to me is to be very aware of what thoughts and what feelings they have on a day-to-day -day basis. So to simplify that, I ask them a question, what top feelings did you have over the past week? And a lot of them are like, hmm, that's interesting. And they'll be like tired, um, anxious, irritable, um, bored, and they have a lot of negative words that immediately come up. I wouldn't say those are the top three emotions. It's just mostly when people are thinking about their thoughts, they think about the negative ones, you know, rise to the top. And then you what know? do those negative things do? Because literally it goes down to the cellular level. They've done studies where depending on what your thoughts are, your cells work differently. I completely agree and I completely see how they do on a day-to-day -day basis because it can wear us out very quickly. It's wasted energy. I feel like we all are at the same battery and each morning we wake up with that battery if we've been eating properly and been sleeping properly and drinking enough water and what we do with that battery uh, makes a huge amount of difference and a lot of people wear their battery out by thoughts, repetitive thoughts, anxious thoughts, irritable thoughts that suck the energy out of them and then they don't have time to achieve what they wanted to do, what they the goals that they wanted to achieve. And then it's a like a, a snowball going down a mountain. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it's harder to carry that snowball back up the mountain. Do you think um, it's humanity that that is addicted to negative things? Like we all somehow like they're afraid to talk about happy things. They're afraid to say, I feel great. Instead it's all about complaints. Or is that exactly, just because you're thinking, a lot of people are thinking what the other person is thinking and how they'd react, say, oh my God, I'm doing great. My body feels great because it sets people up for being resentful, you know, not liking you, irritable. Uh, but then if that's the case, then that's not the type of people you'd want to be around anyway. So I get people to really focus on who is the person that they want to be. What are the feelings that they want to feel? Because all that 
those feelings and those uh, traits create behavior and then they create patterns. So when I get it ingrained in somebody's behavior that they would rather be happy than right, then we get results and then they enjoy it more. It's not such a project. Then they're not as irritable and then they don't carry it over into other uh, categories in their life, their family, their friends. You know, and then there sometimes it causes problems in the other category that they need to clean up or they need to let go. And you'll have people come in and do a full body scan. And you make a statement in your book, since your mind and body create much of what you experience as reality, you also have the power to uncreate it. So what is that yes. body scan exercise? Uh, well, I get them to you know sit there with their eyes closed, standing, and just scan their body and verbalize from their head to their toes. Uh, what is going on. Some people like starting with their toes and go up from there. And people, you know, it gives them, uh, you know, and we do it very quickly. It gives them two minutes to really center themselves, ground themselves, and get in touch with what is going on inside as opposed to what is going on outside. And that's a huge difference. And it's very easy in today's day and age with all the stimulation we have around us to be impacted from the outside in as opposed to the inside out. And what I try to do on a day-to-day basis is come from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. So, and once somebody goes through those things and becomes aware, do they see that that all those tensions, the muscles, the whatever aches or whatever they, they tune into is actually their body sending a signal back up to them? Exactly, and it's connecting those dots the brain and the body, getting that stream really flowing so it happens over time instantaneously. So you automatically know, oh, I'm talking to somebody, oh, I'm shrugging my right shoulder. Oh, drop that right shoulder. And it just happens in you know, a, a, a beat and you're not you know, holding that right shoulder up. And a lot of us do little things where we tense our butt, where we lift our heel up, where we tap our toe where we hold fist with our hands and everybody's a little bit differently, where we furrow our, uh, you know, our brow, where we uh, tilt our head. And it just makes you uh, mindful of what you are doing on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. It's really amazing how unconscious we are of our bodies. And that's what it's about doing is making you conscious of what you are doing. So what you are doing is what you want to be doing. So now you have um, in the book, in in your Mind Your Body book, you actually go through, uh, you have a series of, I'll call it symptoms that, that, and then you describe what they mean to the body and you have some affirmations. So for example, you talk about, you know, achy, that, that if your body feels achy, then you have an affirmation that says, I can slow down and still get ahead in life. I don't have to mentally push myself all the time. So it's interesting. I understand that when people, that if you're achy, you're kind of, you feel like you're tired, but it's interesting that you, you translate the pushing to feeling achy, that the drive makes your body achy. So because they're usually doing something over and over again to create that body issue. And once I, you know, bridge that action with what they're actually, um, the result that it's having on their body then they're aware of it and then they can change it. If I, if somebody's not aware of something, you can't change it. And that awareness I get to bring into their brains and what I try to ingrain it in them is so that they do change if they want to change, if it's something that's bothering them. Right. And again, understanding that your body's giving you a signal that if you feel achy, that there's something else that you're doing in your life that's creating that. One of my favorite 
authors and favorite books was um, Louise Hay, Heal Your Body A to Z, where mm-hmm. she has just uh, an entire book of symptoms and that emotional connection or the, you know, the mental connection between what a symptom is so that it, it's very similar to, to what you're talking about here and so powerful. So you talk mm-hmm. about back tension as actually... Um, you talk about I'm worthy of the best. I let go of unhealed injuries. I'm supported by others and by the universe. So is back tension a feeling of, of aloneness and not feeling supported in the world? Yes, because our back supports us. Our back supports our head. It supports our shoulders. And our back is, you know, is really important. And that's why, you know, I get people to work on their hips as well is because their hips, you know, and their back go hand in hand. And you can't have one bounce without the other. But when you're dealing with the back, a lot of people have back issues nowadays. A lot, and a lot of young people come to me with back issues, uh, which I find, you know, not really surprising. I find it, you know, uh, kind of like, oh, I can see why they do have back issues. Is because a lot of people want to do unique, different things, and they don't feel like they have the support from either their friends, their uh, other, you know, either family members, uh, people at work. But what I try to get them to do is realize that they're looking outside of themselves again, and they need to focus on giving themselves support and doing that for themselves as opposed to keep searching outside of yourself because you may never get it. Well, and I think it's so so critical for people to understand. You have a back issue. It doesn't mean you go have surgery or you go get a painkiller. It means there's other aspects of your life that are going on that are creating that back issue. So how successful are you when you make your clients aware that their back issue connects to their their feeling of support or lack of support in the world? Huge and getting issue. Them to, huge like, huge like, impact. Yeah. Because those issues can be cleaned up if the client wants them to be cleaned up. You know, and Sarah, a lot of people like to have the information, but they're not going to change their behaviors. It's just so ingrained in them and they self-sabotage. And that's, you know, for me, um, very um, draining uh, because a lot of people, you know, can be very repetitive, but a lot of people cannot. So I see a huge amount of success in people changing because I can tap into them and keep asking them the questions to get the results they want to. But some people leave me and they, you know, they get into bad traps uh, they keep their, you know, they're not mindful of their thoughts and they get, you know, into this bad pattern in their brain so that they, that they've been doing since they were little kids and it's just so ingrained in them that it's really hard for them to break their pattern. Well, and what they get people to do is to, you know, do some sort of physical thing when they start to do that, whether it's pinch their finger, uh, you know, do something on their neck, you know. Uh, pat their head, do something that it kind of shocks them back into um, like, oh, hey, I need to break this pattern. Yeah, because it's so sad and frustrating to see people who talk about wanting to resolve their pain or become you know, healthier or stronger, and yet they're, they're afraid to make the change. They don't necessarily know how to do it, and they just live in this victim role of, yeah, kind of, sort of. Right, and it's a, it's a, it keeps creating really b- – bad ingrained patterns and that's to me is to help people break the patterns that they want to break some patterns are really good but some are not so good you have another really interesting um item on your self-evaluation list that i think again people don't pay attention to this so coughing right so people think cough i have a most post nasal drip i have a cold no you talk about that it's about being heard and using your voice and that people who cough 
don't necessarily feel like they're being heard in the world. Exactly. And a lot of people, I catch them coughing in certain situations when they don't have a cough at all. And it's really realizing what is underlying would you rather be saying? Is this what you'd rather be saying or is your cough some subconscious thought that's, you know, needs to be let, you know, freed? Maybe it's not in this situation right now. Maybe you can bring it out in a letter. Maybe you can, you know, do get it out in a different, um, you know, creative way. But it's getting people to really be aware of why is it they're coughing. And when you challenge them on that, do they see it? Uh, I don't ever challenge anybody. Wait, wait, when I you ask, when you point it I out ask to them, them questions because right. when you challenged people, then it can turn into a power struggle, and they're not coming to me for a power struggle. Yes, because uh, I want to create the power struggle within themselves and not with me and them. My goal is to get them to answer questions to themselves so they answer how they're feeling. So and, bad yeah. choice of words on my part, but when you point that out to them and ask them, I see you're coughing, might there be something that you're wanting to say? Do they see it? Can they? I wouldn't say it like that because that sets them up for trying to get the answer that I want to hear. Right. I, if somebody's coughing, I would say, oh, how often do you cough? I would back into it. Right. Because then you get a, a more honest uh, response and then helps them figure out why it is they're coughing. So I'd ask four or five questions to realize, oh, how many times have you coughed today? And they'd be, hmm. And then later during the work, I'd be, oh my God, I was in this meeting today and I coughed. I just realized I coughed like five times. Other time, if I turn into a power struggle, then we may never get to that meeting when they were coughing. Right. Well, that's that's why you are. That's why you do what you do and I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I back into it because then it, it makes it a little easier for them. And then when we get can get results much quicker. Yes. Because a lot yeah. of people do that by fixing their hair, by doing things with their body to sabotage their moving forwards. That when when you challenge them, that then they'll suddenly fix their hair. Yeah. Then they, it moves on to something else. It, they'll, they'll, they're aware that I'm aware of their coughing. Uh, so then they'll do something else, you know, in the same category. Oh, interesting. All right, let's talk about affirmations because you talk a lot about affirmations. Why? I'm huge on affirmations, and I realized uh, in high school, uh, I went to this course once uh, that this lady, I, I cut yards, and she took me to this course, and it was all about your mind, and I found it fascinating. Uh, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, I have these thoughts, and I can feel a certain way if I want to feel, you know, it's really simple, which I'm, everybody knows, but it really, you know, you know, struck a chord with me about these words and these uh, and how you string them together and certain things like I'd be out and about and I'd hear my dad's voice saying something in my head or my mom's voice saying something in my head and I would just keep it going and not be aware of, hmm, is that my thought or is it somebody else's thought? Does that thought work for me? Is that thought helping me out or is that thought, you know, making me have roll my shoulders, have bad posture, be irritable and being aware of, nope, I can create these thoughts and I can get rid of these thoughts. Uh, and so really working on affirmations if I have a bad behavior pattern. So even, and I still do that on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I have a dog. I live in New York City. I encounter people on the street all the time. And so a lot of people have something to say. And I'm not the type of person that says something to somebody unless they ask me. And so I get people saying something to me all the time. Sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's not so nice. So with my affirmations, I have to work on, you know, 
picking affirmations that work best for that situation, as opposed to like, oh, people are annoying. So for example, if somebody's giving you the, you know, making a snarky remark about your dog, you would counter that feeling of, wow, why are you judging me with what kind of affirmation? Yeah, I don't do on the judging because I don't really right. think people are judging me. I just think everybody has an opinion. Right. So, for example, my dog is a Labrador and he tries to eat off the street all the time. So I can't have him eat off the street because one, he gets sick, one, he can get a chicken bone and choke and die. So I have to be mindful and monitoring him. Sometimes he will dive towards a huge chicken bone on the street and I have to pull him back. So then somebody will say to me, you know, hey, quit abusing your dog. And I'm like, you know, have to be very conscious of not going after the person because, you know, who would want their dog to eat a chicken bone? Because he's gotten chicken bones before and I've had a problem with it. Hugely dangerous. Yeah. So for me, I have to be very mindful of a leash and pulling it. And, you know, that person just I have to be very aware that they just saw the end, you know, little part of the story. But if they knew the full story, they would think, oh, I can see why he had to, you know, pull his dog in the opposite direction as opposed to letting the dog leap, you know, for the chicken bone. So I have to be sensitive and not jump. My old self would be like, dude, keep your opinion to yourself. I didn't ask for it in the first place, you know? Right. But that came from an affirmation in my brain, you know, a thought process to say that instantaneously. Whereas now I'm like, oh, that person doesn't have all the information. You know, my, my affirmation now is, you know, oh, some people, you know, act quickly other people think more about what they say ahead of time right so separating it out so is there a formula like i love even i want to go back to coughing for a second because again each of those self-evaluation signals you had affirmations that helped adjust it so for coughing you had i don't need to act out in order to be heard words flow out of my mouth with clarity and confidence i mean that just feels so good to be able to release yourself and take what i'll call the high side of the action Exactly. And it cleans up a lot of noise. A lot of people with bad affirmations have a lot of noise, unnecessary noise in their brain. And that pulls energy. So going back to what I said before about the battery, that wastes their battery time for the day. And then they don't have time to do what they wanted to do. Whereas if they use that affirmation on a day to day basis, it becomes automatic. So is there a formula, because it's hard, it takes practice to come up with affirmations. Is there a formula for people to learn how to create affirmations for themselves? Uh, I get them to be uh, accountable. First of all is to work on being accountable for your day. So you start out in the morning, it's like what kind of thoughts and just, you know, doing it a little bit here and there. And it gets it gets more ingrained in your behavior. I'm not big on turning it into projects. I'm like people, hmm, today is Monday. Today is Tuesday, today is Wednesday, and today I'm gonna to be mindful of my thoughts throughout the day. At the end of the day, I'm gonna take a two minute check and see how well I did. From one to 10, did I monitor my thoughts? Or two, I didn't do well. Three, I did better. Four, I did better. So you want that number to keep moving up the scale. So to make it really simple, because nobody's perfect. Everybody has irritable thoughts, everybody has lazy thoughts, but also everybody has positive thoughts, and everybody has compliments they can give. And I keep telling people that if they're having those negative thoughts, you know, to do something different, give somebody a compliment that you otherwise wouldn't have on. So it just kind of shifts your negative affirmation. So it takes you outside of your body and into somebody else. If you don't really feel like saying it, 
you know, don't say it, figure out why it is you're not saying it. Think, hmm, why do I not want to give somebody else a compliment? Got it. All right. And everybody's a little bit different, but it's basically making yourself accountable and just being mindful. And we're not robots. You can just do it scattered throughout the day. Yeah. But again, having living in the positive side of it versus this self-destructive thought absolutely eats away at us. So thank you so much, Joel Harper. Our thoughts affect us at our cellular level, at our strength level, at every aspect of our body for our health and our wellness. So Joel Harper, joelharperfitness.com. Thank you so very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm talking to Joel Harper, fitness trainer to the stars, about his unique strategy for helping his celebrity clients meet their fitness goals. It's not simply about more crunches or running longer distances. Joel's program combines mindfulness techniques with efficient workouts and healthful life choices to ensure their changes last longer than the red carpet. His book, Mind Your Body, provides a simple step-by-step methodology for evaluating where you are and identifying where you want to go in the 10 core areas of your life. Fitness, nutrition, family and friends, nest, spiritual, work, attitude, finances, hobbies, interests, dreams. Joel covers the whole gamut. To Joel, achieving balanced successes is the key to lasting change rather than roller coasters of frustration. You can get your own copy of Joel's book at the Bottom Line Store. In it, you'll find his 10 core concept self-test to determine your deserved level for success and his four-week plan for achieving those successes, including his unique 15-minute workouts, photos that show how to do each exercise, menu plans, and recipes. Order Joel Harper's Mind Your Body today and receive 20% off by using the promo code PODCAST. That's bottomlinestore.com, promo code PODCAST, bottomlinestore.com, promo code PODCAST.